Let's now turn to John chapter 6. John chapter 6, verse 53 through 58. And as you turn to John chapter 6, verse 53 through 58, after you find it, if you could please stand on the reading of his word. Jesus said to them, Truly, truly, I said to you, unless you eat of the flesh of the Son of Man and drink his blood, you have no life in you. Whoever eats my flesh and drinks my blood has eternal life, and I will raise him up on the last day. For my flesh is food indeed, and my blood is drink indeed. Whoever eats my flesh and drinks my blood remains in me and I in him. As the living Father sent me, and I live because of the Father, so whoever feeds on me also will live because of me. This is the bread which came down from heaven, not as your fathers ate manna and died. He who eats this bread will live forever. God bless and honor the reading of his word, and you may be seated. Jesus healed so many. Jesus healed so many people throughout the Bible. So, so many. It's actually numerous. And, and it's innumerable. There's so many that we cannot even tell you how many people he healed. He healed again and again and again. It is said that it's innumerable because sometimes it would just say that he healed the blind. He would heal the, the, those who are deaf, those who are mute. And by the way, another word for mute, depending on what kind of Bible you have. If you have a King James, it may say the person was dumb. That doesn't mean they were uneducated or foolish in your eyes. It means they couldn't speak. And I'm explaining that to you because I was a little kid. I was dumb myself in the sense that I didn't understand what that meant. And I was like, that's not very nice. They called them dumb. <laughs> it means they couldn't speak. That's what it means. Anyway, Jesus healed so many people. There's at least 37 recordings of innumerable miracles and things that Jesus Christ did. He healed the blind, the deaf, the mute, the lame. It means they couldn't walk. Again, I have to go back to my childhood. When they, someone said they were lame, it means they weren't cool in people's eyes. No, no, no. It means they couldn't walk. He healed the mentally challenged. He healed even the dead. Healed the dead. And he healed even more people with other illnesses as well. But why? Why would Jesus do this? The thing to say when you're young is because he loved them. And he wanted to show what he could do. That's what a young person would say. And I say young person, I'm not just talking about age. I'm talking about people who are in, uh, immature. Some would say, if Jesus can do it, and he will. He'll heal anybody. I say immature because there's even immature ministers now who think that if you ask it, you'll receive it. Because they misunderstand the scripture when it says, ask you shall receive. Christ was actually speaking about eternal life. So in a lot of ways, there's many reasons why he did it. But one of the main reasons is to show that why he, why he came. Why he came. He came not to heal us physically and the physically ill, but to heal us spiritually. This is why Christ came. He came to heal us spiritually because all of us are physically going to die. Even those that he physically healed at the time, those he, when he healed the blind, those who were dead, those that he, when he healed the dead even then, guess what? They did die. They're not alive now. The point is that Jesus Christ came to, to heal us in the spiritual sense so that we would not be spiritually dead. That's the facts. 
So the sermon today, the title of it is called Spiritually, excuse me, Spiritual Disability. That's the name of it, Spiritual Disability. That's the title. Because everybody has spiritual disability of some sort. And so I'm going to name different spiritual disabilities today. So we're going to go through one by one the spiritual disabilities that everybody has of some sort. In fact, we all do have spiritual disability. Everybody. The saved, the lost, everybody. The lost suffer from something else. And we're going to get to that. So as we speak today about these disabilities, well, the lost have them all. Because the lost are spiritually dead. But we're going to get to that here in a little bit. But the, the saved, many of us walk as if we're lost. We walk like the walking dead. But we don't have to. We don't need to. But let's get into these disabilities. The first one we're going to talk about is the spiritually blind. Many of us have walked as if we are spiritually blind. What does it mean? They cannot see or will not see. With God's eyes, they do not see with God's eyes, with his vision. But we don't have to live that way. And I can tell you as one who has done it, who went a long time without seeing with the eyes of God. But we can. You know, it's obvious in case you couldn't tell before that I have to have glasses to see very well. There's lots of reasons for it. I didn't have really bad vision. I had very good vision up until I was 14. My very first brain tumor that I had, it pushed against my eyeballs and <laughs> that messed those up. I didn't get glasses until I was about 16 years old. And I didn't realize just how bad they had become through time. And the first time I had put glasses on, oh, you should have seen me walk. I looked like a Frankenstein monster, man. I was all, oh my goodness, it took a while for my eyes to see just right. Many Christians don't realize how their eyesight changes and it takes a while to start walking right because of it. But the fact of the matter is, is your vision changes if you let it. Because many times we think, look, we can see clearer now. Actually, no, you can't. It is not you whose vision changes. It is the fact that you have new eyes. You have brand new eyes because on the outside is Holy Spirit eyes. The eyes of God, that is. The eyes of Christ. Because remember, they're all one God. It's the Lord God, three parts of him. Father, Son, Holy Spirit. And his eyes are now on the outside and we're looking from behind. You could say that these are God eyes and they're on the outside and we're looking from behind. We are now looking and having new vision, but sometimes people decide not to wear them. And let me just tell you, right now, you all look very blurry. There's something wrong with you. No, there's not. There's something wrong with me. I'm not putting those wonderful eyes of God. And so therefore, everything looks blurry. A lot of Christians do that. It's not that they don't have the vision of God. They don't use the vision of God. And that's the problem. But we have some scriptures to go with this. So let's take a look at some of them. 2 Corinthians 4.4. 4. 2 Corinthians 4.4. 4. The God of this world. Now we know what the God of this world is. Talking about the devil. Sin. All of that. The God of this world has blinded the minds of those who do not believe. We're talking about the lost. Okay. The God of this world has blinded the minds of those who do not believe, lest, in other words, unless, lest the light of the glorious gospel of Christ, who is the image of God, should shine on them. You see, sometimes people judge the lost. I don't know why they can't see. Why can't they see the truth, many people say? Because they had the vision that you once had. And unless we're allowing the Holy Spirit to lead us and guide us, the Christians still can't see the truth. If we weren't allowing Christ to guide us, we would be blind as a bat. No offense, Bruce Wayne. <laughs> we're blind as a bat. We're blind as a bat. We're blind as a bat if we don't have 
and allow the vision of God to lead us and guide us. That's the truth. We are blind without the vision of God. Some are blinded by false teachings. I'm talking about certain Christians. Some are blinded by false teachings. So you remember that when you're listening to ministers. Why do you think I, I give you a lot of uh, scriptures? I don't want you to think that this comes from Philip. Because it doesn't. It comes from the Lord. But you see, sometimes people will give you a verse. And then they'll misguide that verse. They'll misconstrue it. They'll give you a, a wrong idea of it. Which is why I give you more than one most of the time. And I will try to let you understand to look it up, make for certain. But be very careful when you do, because sometimes people give you different meanings to a verse. So you have to be very careful and don't do it with your own understanding. Lean not to thine own understanding. Lean simply on the knowledge of the Lord God, the Holy Spirit. And if you let the Holy Spirit guide you, and I know because I tried to do it without it, leaning on my own understanding, and I couldn't understand the thing, couldn't see clearly, I was blinded. But if we go off false teachings, and because uh, even Christians can go off false teachings. We know the lost can. They don't mean to, but they clearly go off false teaching. But even some Christians do this. And I have an example for you. I have an example for you. Let's now look to Matthew chapter 15. Matthew chapter 15. And we're going to read verses 10 through 14. Because Jesus was speaking to the Pharisees. The Pharisees were very angry. Because Jesus had the audacity to allow the apostles to go out there and pick some of the, uh, I guess you could say morsels, or some of the, the wheat from the grain, you know, from some of the grain off of the uh, wheat as it was growing up. He had the audacity to let them do that on the Sabbath day, which would be a Saturday. He allowed them to do that. How dare they? That means that they worked. They have, look, working on the Sabbath. Woo-hoo-hoo, moved their hands and picked it up. That means they did a bad, bad thing in the eyes of the Pharisees. Now, keep in mind, too, they didn't think of Jesus as God, but he was God and is God. They were telling God that God broke God's rules. <laughs> Can you imagine telling God, ooh, ooh, God? By the way, I'm not saying this in case you think I am. How dare you, God, do what God told you, God not to do? That's so weird. It's like a double weird. I don't know. It's just weird. Anyway, so here's what happened. Matthew chapter 15, verse 10 through 14. He, being Jesus, called the crowds and said to them, Hear and understand, that which goes into the mouth does not defile a man, but that which comes out of the mouth. This defiles a man. When the, the, his disciples came and said to him, Do you know that the Pharisees were offended after they heard this saying? Then, excuse me, but he answered, Every plant which my heavenly Father has not planted will be uprooted. Now, what does that mean? Is he talking about the wheat and all they took up? Not really. He's talking about the Pharisees and such. That's what he's talking about. Because this is what he says in verse 14. Leave them alone. He says, they are blind leaders of the blind. He says, and if the blind lead the blind, both will fall into the ditch. You're going to have a lot of blind leaders in this world, folks. They're leading blind people. You listen to the Holy Spirit. Let the Holy Spirit give you vision. Otherwise, you're walking around blind. Okay, they may see, but everything they see is off. And I'm telling you, you can't see with my vision right now, but everything looks off. It doesn't look right. For those who have glasses, you can understand. 
Everything without the vision of God, without the Holy Spirit, is off. It is off. You have to have the vision of God, and that can only happen through the Lord God, through the Holy Spirit. There are also the spiritually deaf. The spiritually deaf. They can't hear the truth. They can't hear the truth. The Holy Spirit is our spiritual hearing aid. Do we have anyone here who has a hearing aid? I know at least one, right? Anyone here who has a hearing aid? Anyone here who needs help with hearing? This is not a time to, and this is not an insult to anyone who does. But you see, every that's good, that's good. Isn't it great, isn't it wonderful that nowadays God has given a knowledge to people to help those who need it? Think about back in the day when someone had a problem with hearing. I've had uh, hearing problems since I was young. I had a lot of uh, ear infections. It's funny that when you have, it's funny, it's not funny, haha. It's it's funny, interesting, how when you have ear problems, you just can't hear because there's so much infection in there. And infection does that. But there's a lot of infection in the ears of the lost. There's infection of sin. And they cannot hear the truth. They don't know the truth. The truth is the Lord Jesus Christ, and they do not know him. He is the way, the truth, the life. No one comes to the Father but by him. And they don't know it. And there's a lot of uh, saved people who are walking around as if they cannot hear because they don't know him like they should. I'm not saying they don't know him as in being saved. They don't have a personal relationship with Christ. And they should. And we need to. Well, let's hear what the Bible says about having a personal relationship and being able to hear with it. Listen to what it says in 2 Timothy, 2 Timothy chapter 4, verses 3 and 4. 2 Timothy chapter 4, verses 3 and 4 says, For the time will come when people will not endure sound doctrine. Hello? Does it sound like today? I think it sounds like today and many days before now. But there's a lot of doctrine out there that's crazy. And people hear it and they think, oh, that sounds good to me. Well, folks, that doesn't matter. It better sound good to you if it's following the Bible. And if it's not, there's one little iota out of place. It better sound bad to you. So that's why you got to know the word and know what you're hearing, whether it's truth or not truth. But I'm going to go on with the verse now. 2 Timothy 4, 3 through 4 says, For the time will come when people will not endure sound doctrine, but they will gather to themselves teachers in accordance with their own desires, having itching ears. Going on, there's a lot I can say, and I will in a moment. And they, verse 4, and they will turn their ears from the truth and turn to myths. Now, just now, I did this thing with my earlobe, and you know what it reminded me of? You remember Carol Burnett? At the end of the show, she used to go like this. How many people right now are doing this right now to unsound doctrine? They're wanting to hear what is not true. Wait a minute, wait a minute. The Bible says it's wrong to have a homosexual lifestyle. Oh, wait, I don't hear that. You can't hear me. They want to hear the unsounded truth, but it sounds good to them because they don't want to hurt people's feelings. Oh, wait, 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 wait. A transgender? Oh, wait, wait, that sounds good. Even though they're saying God's a liar. They don't hear that part. They want to hear the truth that sounds good to them. Now, I'm not saying be hateful to people. I'm not saying that. What I am saying, however, is don't be hateful to God. They don't want to hear it. You can't handle the truth, as it said in the movie one time. You better hear the truth and know the truth when you hear it. And if you hear something that doesn't sound quite right, well, remember, God is not the author of confusion. You better remember that now. Hear the truth when you hear it. You better know. I'm going to move on to Matthew chapter 13. Matthew chapter 13, verses 14 through 15. That's two verses. And just so you know, just so you know, Jesus Christ is quoting another verse. And you can write this down if you want to. He even says the man's name. He's quoting Isaiah. But he's quoting Isaiah chapter 6, verse 10. 
I try to do a lot of homework <laughs> in case you don't know. There's a lot more that you don't know about because I don't tell you. But Jesus Christ is quoting Isaiah 6.10, but it says right here in Matthew 13, 14 through 15, it says, In them is fulfilled the prophecy of Isaiah, which says, By hearing you will hear and shall not understand. Going back to the blind now, it says, And seeing you will see and shall not perceive. For this people's heart has grown dull. Their ears have become hard of hearing. And they have closed their eyes, lest they should see with their eyes and hear with their ears and understand with their hearts and turn and should heal them. And I should heal them. Because God is not talking about hearing literally or seeing literally. He's talking about listen with your hearts. Listen with your hearts so that Christ can heal. He can heal so that you can hear and see correctly. Because we're talking about spiritual blindness, spiritual deafness. Now let's talk about the spiritually mute. To be mute is not to speak, not to be able to speak. And there are some who cannot. We know that. That's sad. But there are some who cannot speak. But what does it mean to be spiritually mute? Well, we know that Christ is to be able to speak to us and through us. But how many people are not spiritually being able to speak because they're so busy talking themselves? Coming from you, Pastor, that's really rich. <laughs> I do speak a lot. But here's the thing. There's times that I hear God. No, I'm not talking audibly, but very loud in my heart. I hear God say, Philip, shut up. And I do. Because if I don't shut up and I keep talking, I'm not going to hear what God has to say to me. Because remember what it says. What happened to Elijah? God came to him and not in the storm, not in the earthquake, not in the wind. No, no, no. Still, small voice. People are always wanting to hear God say, Hey, I said this and then it. Some real theatrical. That's not what God does. He speaks to us through the heart. But wait a minute. Can't we come up with false teachings that way? Can't we come up with our own thing? Yes, but we're not to lean to our own understanding. We're going to, because if God tells you something, or you think God tells you something, and it goes opposite of what God said in his word, and it goes opposite of what Jesus Christ is about, it's not God. It's a false God. It's the ways of the world, the ways of Satan, the ways of a little g God, not the ways of the God, not the ways of the Lord, not the ways of Jesus Christ, not the ways of the Holy Spirit, but it's false spirit. And if you think that I have heard what I want to hear, the ways of all the other things in the world, you better make sure you're listening to God, not yourself. And if you're hearing what you want to hear, and it's the ways opposite of the Bible, you better check yourself. As an old friend would say, check yourself before you wreck yourself, because if you're going opposite of God, you are going to wreck yourself. There are spiritually mute people. They can't speak the truth, maybe they, because they don't know the truth, but the Holy Spirit speaks truth through and for you. We need not to be speaking at all, but let Christ speak. There's many times I've said things, even up here, said things that I don't want to say because it makes me uncomfortable and I got sweat beads coming down. I'm like, oh, I don't want to say it. it might hurt feelings. It might hurt feelings. But eventually I have to say, I don't care. By the way, that's not even true. I do care, but I care more about what God says than what Philip says. And if it hurts people's feelings, which I don't want to do, but if it hurts people's feelings, God can help that too, because God will speak to them. And I have to worry more about that in the long run than about how I feel, because feelings come and feelings go. Does that make me heartless? No, it makes me with a big heart. They care, I, but I care more about Christ. 
hear more about God because God's in charge, not me and not you. Back to what I was saying, spiritually mute. I want to take you to something that's very important, very important indeed. Did you know that Moses felt like he couldn't talk? We talked about it a little bit in Sunday school, didn't we? Moses felt like he couldn't talk. He didn't want to go talk to the Pharaoh. He didn't want to do any of that. So let's go to Exodus chapter 4, verse 11 through 12. Moses felt like he couldn't talk, and we see that in Exodus 4, 11 through 12. Moses was scared to talk because he was insecure, and that really helps me. It helps me to see in the Bible there's a lot of insecure people, not because I want anyone to be insecure and have a, a feeling of uh, disability or whatever you want to call it, but insecurity does help me to feel like they, they felt like they, you know, unsure of themselves. That helps me because I was always insecure and still am sometimes. But God helps me to stand up because it really has nothing to do with you, believe it or not. It has nothing to do with you. It has to do with He, the Lord God, who can use you. And as I said in Sunday school a while ago, God sometimes helps the insecure more than he does those who are very sure. He can help those who are sure sometimes, but first he usually has to break them down before he can build them up. You remember the old sure, the, 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 uh, the uh, deodorant? Remember the old commercials? So raise your hand, raise your hand if you're sure. And they used to do that all the time because I guess they were worried if you had pit stains and all that. So they said people wouldn't raise your hand. And you could always tell in the commercial, those who didn't raise sure, you sure, they wouldn't raise their hand. They'd say, say, I don't know what brand X you use, but, and they'd go, and they always have to be overanimated, you know, you know, like that. But if you use sure, they'd go like that. So raise your hand, raise your hand if you're sure. Well, a lot of people who are too sure of themselves can't be used with God because they have more pride in their own understanding and their own selves than in God. God can always use the unsure because they have insecurities. They have this sense of, I can't do much of myself. Of myself. They're very humble. God can use the humble because their humbleness, their humility, can then, be, and all their pride can be put upon the Lord. God can use them. But here's the thing about the spiritually mute. God is going to use you like I'm using this microphone right now. You're the microphone and God is speaking through you. That's what God wants to do. It has nothing to do with you, but that God can use you and do the speaking. You're the instrument. He is the speaker. That's what God wants to do. That's what God wants to do. So when you go home today, people are going to say, what did you learn at church? The pastor told me I'm a microphone, but I have to make sure that I have batteries put in me. That is through prayer. That is through going back to the word. That is to make sure that I continuously have the energy of the Holy Spirit in me. Make sure those batteries are in me. He says batteries, batteries, but batteries is how I say it. I don't know why. But either way, we got to make sure that we have the energy of the Holy Spirit going through us. Okay? Make sure of it. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. So don't be, don't be spiritually mute. So let's listen to what it says in, in Exodus 4, 11 through 12. The Lord said to him, talking about Moses, the Lord said to Moses, who has made man's mouth? Or who has made the dumb? We know what dumb means, mute. Or deaf, or the seeing, or the blind. Have not I, the Lord, now therefore go, and I will be with you, excuse me, and I will be with your mouth, and teach you what you must say. You hear what I'm saying? Maybe you feel you're not smart, and maybe you're not in certain areas. Maybe you're uneducated in certain areas. Your pastor, extremely uneducated in certain areas. Your, your pastor felt so insecure, felt like I could do nothing. Throughout my whole life, I felt my brother is better than me on this and that. 
And then I would look at my other brother and say, my brother's better than me on this and that. And if my brothers were here right now, you know what they say to me? He's right. <laughs> no, they wouldn't. All my life, I thought my brothers and my sisters are better than me. My dad's better than me. My mom's better than me. My, th this brother's better than me. Brother Leon's better than me. I always thought that. I thought these guys are better than me. And then as I grew up, they would tell me, wait a minute. We always thought that about other people, except for you. No, they would always say, we thought that about other people, that they were better than us. But I always assumed I was the only one who felt low. But then, as I started studying, I realized that Moses, who I always put way up here in a Tarleton Heston situation, I always thought of him way high, up on a mountaintop, getting the Ten Commandments. If God can use him, he has to be awesome. My point is, it's not that the man was perfect. He was far from perfect. But God is awesome, and God's awesomeness is what is seen in the people. On our own, we are nothing but, okay, people I say, yeah, but they're a good person. In person's measurement, but here's the thing. On our own, we have all these spiritual disabilities. You are spiritually blind without Christ. You're spiritually deaf. You're spiritually mute. But God, who is Christ, speaks through us. Amen? It is okay to say amen once in a while. I promise I'm not going to get upset. It helps me understand that I'm not speaking to the wall. <laughs> By the way, I'm just teasing with you now. But then there's spiritually lame. To be lame means cannot walk, cannot move. I'm going to use part of the Bible here. Uh, two of them. And one of them is going to use a different word than lame. It's going to talk about being a uh, paralytic, means uh, paralyzed. That's not just not being able to walk. That's not being able to move at all. Be but I'm using it because it involves being lame. We're going to talk about that. But these poor people uh, can't move physically at all. But there's a lot of Christians who do not move. They don't move and they don't follow God. They're spiritually lame and uh, because they don't know where to go on their own. That's been me. I've been spiritually lame. I don't know about you. Because I thought, I don't know where to go. I don't know what to do. God, you have to show me. The problem with that is, is I have a lot of times needed a compass. We all need a spiritual compass sometimes. But if we will be quiet and listen, that doesn't mean God needs to open up the Red Sea to physically do these things. But that's what a lot of times people want. They want God to open up the Red Sea right in front of them. Oh, I need God to physically show me something like some kind of a, a Disney fairy tale movie. Woo! And do something big and bad. And I want it to be like some kind of a TV show, something big and broad. Because I, I, I like seeing physical things. I'm a very uh, man who likes to see something like an image. The problem is, though, God will show us, like I said, that still small voice. God will show us if we will follow him. But God is not going to show a lazy individual who won't show his or her commitment to Christ. Why would he show a lazy bum on a street corner who will do nothing for him? Do nothing. No. You show commitment to him, he'll show his commitment to you. He wants those who are obedient, not the disobedient. It's like a mom and a daddy. I don't understand a mommy and a daddy who give gifts to a child. And I'm not talking about Christmas gifts or birthday gifts, okay? I'm talking about a treat to a kid. Did you clean your room? No. Did you do your homework? No. Did you do all the things? Did you feed the pet? No. Good, good. Here's a gift. Don't give them their uh, allowance if they didn't do what they're supposed to do to earn their allowance. So why would God give you the gifts? Why would God give you the calling if you're showing that you don't want to do the calling God has given to you? Yeah. Why am I not hearing from God? Because you're not listening. 
Because you're behaving spiritually blind, you're behaving spiritually deaf, and you're behaving spiritually mute. And right now you're behaving spiritually lame. And I know because I've done it. I've told you. I've done it in the past. And so now, and so now, we can see that it says that the blind, and the, this is Matthew 21. We're going to go to something here in a moment. Uh, it says in Matthew 21, verse 14, Matthew 21, verse 14, the blind and the lame came to him in the temple, and he healed them. And we can see that. And we saw in Mark chapter 2 that literally four friends brought a paralytic. They brought a paralytic, and he was beyond lame, he, like I said, but Jesus healed him. And it wasn't because of him, it was because of their faith. We saw that. But now I want you to turn to Acts chapter 3. Because I'm going to try, if I can, we'll go a little over because, you know, that happens sometimes. And it just happens. I apologize. But it does happen. So we're going to go to Acts chapter 3. Acts chapter 3 is something that happened to two of Jesus' followers. And this is after, after the death and resurrection of Jesus Christ. Because we're in the book of Acts. We know that. But this is about Peter and John. Now, I think it's important to read this. Because sometimes we think that everything was done after Jesus and it's finished. But this is important here. Very important here. There's even a song about this that I used to sing with the children all the time. And that's how come I always remembered this story. But listen to this in, in chapter 3 of Acts. Now, Peter and John went up together to the temple at the ninth hour the hour of prayer. A man lame from birth was being carried, whom people placed daily at the gate of the temple, called beautiful, to ask alms from those who earned, excuse me, those who entered the temple. Seeing Peter and John about to go into the temple, he asked for alms. You know, he asked for, for money. He asked for alms, and Peter, gazing at him with John, said, Look at us. So he paid attention to them, expecting to receive something from them. And Peter said, I have no silver and gold, but I, but I give you what I have in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. Rise up and walk. He took him by the right hand and raised him up immediately. His feet and ankles were strengthened. Jumping up, he stood and walked and entered the temple with them. Walking and jumping and praising God. Or as the song says, walking and leaping and praising God. I love that song. And all the people, listen to this now, all the people saw him walking and praising God. They knew that it was he who sat for alms at the beautiful gate of the temple. And they were filled with wonder and amazement at what happened to him. Now this is usually where people stop. They stop there. And they think, well, that's enough because we saw he was healed. But I want you to hear the rest of this because it's important, very important. In verse 11, all the way to verse 26, the last of the chapter, listen to what it says. As the lame man who was healed held on to Peter and John, all the people ran together to them in the entrance that is called Solomon's porch, greatly amazed. When Peter saw it, he answered the people, men of Israel, why do you marvel at this man? Or why do you stare at us as if by our own power or piety we, uh, we had made him walk? Remember this, by the way. 
when you see preachers on TV acting as if they have power, they do not. Okay, I'm moving on now. The God of Abraham and Isaac and Jacob, the God of our fathers, has glorified his son Jesus, whom you handed over and denied, talking about Jesus, who you handed over and denied in the presence of Pilate. When he had decided to release him, you denied the holy and righteous one and asked for a murderer to be granted to you. We know who that was, Barabbas. And you killed the creator of life, whom God has raised from the dead. Now listen to the power of this. Of which we are witnesses, and his name, by faith in his name, has made this man strong, whom you see and know, and faith which comes through him has given him perfect health in your presence. Now, brothers, I know that you acted in ignorance. That means they didn't know any better. It says you acted in ignorance, as did also your rulers. But what God foretold through all the prophets that his Christ should suffer, he thus fulfilled. Verse 19, therefore repent and be converted that your sins may be wiped away, that times for refreshing may come for the presence of the Lord, and that he may send the one who previously was preached, excuse me, was preached to you, Jesus Christ, whom the heavens must receive until the time of restoring what God spoke through his holy prophets since the world began. For Moses indeed said to the fathers, the Lord your God will raise up for you a prophet like me from your brothers. You shall hear, you shall hear whatever he may say to you. And it shall be that every soul who will not hear that prophet shall be utterly eliminated from the people. Verse 24, indeed, all the prophets since Samuel and the, those who follow, as many as has spoken, have likewise foretold these days, you are the sons of the prophets and of the covenant which God made with our fathers, saying to Abraham, and in your seed shall all the families of the earth be blessed. God, having raised up his son Jesus, sent him to you first to bless you in turning every one of you from your iniquities. From your iniquities. That is sinning intentionally. Now think about that. Think about that. Jesus Christ came to take us from being lame, from being lame with sin. And so many of us are spiritually lame. Many of us, all of us at some point in time have been spiritually blind. We have been spiritually deaf. We've been spiritually mute and spiritually lame. And then, and here's a hard one for us. And I'm going to have to use some words here. Words that are not fun, but I'm going to say it anyway. Many of us are spiritually uncomprehensive. Now, what does that mean? To be incomprehensive, spiritually incomprehensive. That means to be ignorant or slow or lack of understanding. Now, in life, and I'm talking literally now in the physical sense, there are people who have a disability and they may very well, they may very well have brain damage. 
they may very well have retardation. And I didn't want to use the phrase spiritually retarded. That would not have sounded right. Uh, and I could not use the word uh, spiritually, mentally challenged. That wouldn't have sounded right either. But there are people who have mental challenges. And there's so many other types. There's so many people who have different types of mental abnormalities. So the only thing I could come up with that would mean the same thing, if it would be spiritually incomprehensive or uncomprehensive, however you want to say it. This just means to be slow, to lack understanding, to lack the knowledge that we want to do. And a lot of it has to do with the fact, again, our brain doesn't work that way. But the Holy Spirit does. And if we allow to put on that, uh, that helmet of salvation, to allow to put on that thinking cap, if you will, of the Holy Spirit, we will understand things that we cannot do on our own. People may say, it's just the lost who think this way. No, it's not. No, it's not. No, it's not. It is us. It is all of us without the Holy Spirit leading us and guiding us. Because too many times we could wear it and we take that thinking cap off. We, we, we take away the Holy Spirit and we try to follow our own understanding. What is about about saying not to thine own understanding? We need not to do that. So it says in 1 Corinthians 2.14, 1 Corinthians 2.14, But the natural man does not receive the things of the Spirit of God. Oh, it's important. One more time. 2 Corinthians 2.14. 2 Corinthians, did I say 2 Corinthians? Forget me, forget me. 1 Corinthians 2.14 But the natural man does not receive the things of the Spirit of God, for they are foolish to him. It all seems foolish. We know that. Don't we always see, rather be on the internet, on TV or other things, people are mocking the Bible. They mock God. It seems foolish to them. And it says it right there. For they are foolishness to him, nor can he know them. How can they not know them? Because they don't know God. They don't understand it. It seems like foolishness to them. Because they are spirits, because they, by they, we're not talking about the lost. They, the things of the Bible, they are spiritually discerned. The things of the Bible, they're discerned through the Spirit, through the Holy Spirit. These things that we know, we don't know. The Spirit knows. So oftentimes when we read the Bible, we'll say, I don't understand how years ago I'd read that, and it made no sense to me. Now I read it, and it's like clear as a bell. Because it's not you. As you grew up, as you grew up as a Christian, and you read it, it used to go blah, 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 blah. And that's all you can see was the blah, 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 blahs. But now you read it, and you're reading it. It's like reading a whole nother language because your eyes aren't the ones seeing it. But you put on the eyes of the Holy Spirit, and you put on the ears of the Holy Spirit, and you are now having the, the mouth of the Holy Spirit, and you now are having the legs of the Holy Spirit. You know, I a lot of times have to wear these little things over my legs to help me to have stronger knees. <laughs> and you now have the brain, that helmet of the, of the Lord on you. You're having that little hat of the Holy Spirit, so to speak. You're having your little brain of the Holy Spirit thinking for you. Yeah. Amen. There's so many more I could read. Let's see what I could fit in here, okay? Romans 1, 18 through 21. Romans 1 is a great chapter. It's the same chapter, by the way, that tells that talks about homosexuality. We're not going to get into all that. We're going to end just a couple of verses before that. But look, I'm telling you that because it talks about thinking clearly. What does that tell you? It tells you that those poor souls, the people who don't, they don't understand. That's what it tells you. But let's read what it says in chapter 1 of Romans 18 through 21. The wrath of God... The wrath of God is revealed from heaven against all ungodliness and unrighteousness of men who suppress the truth through unrighteousness. For that, 
For what may be known about God is clear to them since God has shown it to them. The invisible things about him, his eternal power and deity have been clearly seen, have been clearly seen since the creation of the world and are the invisible things about him. His eternal power, excuse me. Are clearly seen since the creation of the world and are understood by the things that are made so that they are without excuse because although they knew God they did not glorify him or give thanks to him as God but became futile in their imaginations and their foolishness foolish hearts were darkened in other words they started thinking on their own understanding they started thinking on their own and they went with foolish dark imaginations and hearts that's what people do. They lean to their own understanding. They do what they want to do. And what it says in Romans 12, 16, be of the same mind toward one another. Do not be haughty. Do not be associated with the lowly. It's our student says, but be associated with the lowly. It says, do not be prideful. Be, be associated with the lowly. And this is the reason why I wanted to read this verse. It says, do not, pre do not pretend to be wiser than you are. Don't pretend to be wiser than you are. You know, I've heard so many people walk around and they know what their IQ is. <laughs> that's fine if you know you're smart. That's good for you. But you know what's interesting? How many times I've heard people walk around, my IQ is blah, 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 blah. So what? That's good that you're smart. Wonderful. God's giving you some knowledge. But there's a difference between book knowledge, street smarts, and spiritual knowledge. Because it's the Holy Spirit that gives it, not you. And we need to have the mindset, the comprehension of the Holy Spirit, because you're not going to do it on your own. I don't care if you have the greatest IQ in the whole wide world. Do you know that when people are always talking about Einstein, Einstein was a fool compared to the Lord. Einstein knew nothing without the Lord God. If, if it came to, to spiritual matters, Einstein didn't know much. But when it comes to knowing God, you could be much wiser. Why? Because you have the Lord God himself living within you. You have the Holy Spirit. You may say, but I can't learn those things. Yes, you can. And if you give up, you're right. But if you lean upon the Lord God, he can give you all understanding because greater is he who's in you than he who's of the world. As I say so very often, 1 John 4, 4, you can do it. You can do it because of God, not you. Proverbs 3, 3 through 5. Proverbs 3, 3 through 5. It says, do not let mercy and truth forsake you. Bind them around your neck. Write them on the tablet of your heart. So you will find favor and good understanding in the sight of God and man. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. And what does it say? Lean not to thine own understanding. That's exactly right. But put it upon your heart. Lean not to thine own understanding. I disagree with you if you have a, I'm not, I'm not putting you down if you're a smart person. Doggone you. I'm not one of you. But I'll tell you this. God is smarter than you are. And the other thing, the other thing is, if you know God, and, and I, you know why I said it like that? Because of this. So many times online, people are going to say, you're dumb because you believe in God. You know what? Don't say it back to them. Don't say it back to them. Because that's not going to be a good representation of Christ. But say, say it to yourself. God is smarter than you are. And you know what? You know God. And so you're not leaning on your own understanding. And so, you know, I know God and he's smarter than you are. And that's a good thing. And so pray for that person. Pray that they'll come to know the one who knows all things and created all things. Amen. 
Amen. It says in Ephesians chapter, I'm not going to go to this right now, but it says in Ephesians chapter 4, 17 through 24, he talks about giving wisdom and knowledge and not of the it's not of the world because the world is nothing but a foolishness. So read that later in Ephesians chapter 4, 17 through 24. How he gives us wisdom. He gives us understanding. The world has nothing but foolishness. Because the truth is, is we all have spiritual disability. Every one of us. You know, interestingly enough, I was putting the sermon together and I had no idea that on June the 1st, I didn't know this. June the 1st, it became a year ago that I was put on disability. So I had no idea that this was all tied in together. The question is, is do you suffer from spiritual disability today? That's the question. Now, we've all had spiritual disability, every one of us. Question is, do you suffer from spiritual disability today? You might, and I don't know. Maybe it's because you weren't aware of it till today. You might not have thought about it. You might have said to yourself, well, I can't do these things. And you're right. You can't. But the Lord can through you. The fact of the matter is, is Peter, who spoke earlier, we read about Peter speaking. Peter was disabled. He was a hot-headed, uneducated, smelly fisherman. I don't know if he's smelly. The Bible never says, okay? I'm, I'm implying. I'm just basically guessing because, you know, he was around fish all the time. He was out there. It wasn't like he had a uh, a little roll of shore <laughs> or a degree. But there's a lot of degrees out there. It's hot and it's sweaty. And uh, he wasn't raising his hands because he's sure of himself or in his, his uh, deodorant. He raised his hand because he was sure of the Lord Jesus Christ, not himself. He often thought he couldn't do anything, but he most for certainly put his assurity upon the Lord Jesus. And because of that, we saw a great change in Peter. When you go to read on in the, the chapters I was reading, you go to read on and it says that the people that he was speaking to, that was the Pharisees, by the way. They said, isn't this a fisherman? Isn't this Simon? Isn't this the one? Wait a minute, he he's not educated. He doesn't know anything. How does he know this? How can he say these things? Isn't this the one that we once spoke to? How can he be doing this? They're uneducated. They don't know anything. They're right. He doesn't know anything. He knows nothing. He's just a fisherman. He was the one who brought in fishes. He spent his whole day out there in the sea. But God can use us and change us and give us the wisdom. We're nothing but disabled spiritually, but through the Lord Jesus Christ, all things are possible. You're no longer spiritually disabled when you put your trust in the Lord Jesus Christ. You're no longer spiritually disabled, but you are now, you are now a spiritual soldier because you no longer, no longer are disabled because now Christ is living through you and you can do all things through Christ who strengthens you. The strength is not in you, but in him who lives within you. Many Christians are spiritually asleep, and that's the problem. They're spiritually asleep, and they behave like the spiritually dead. But they're not spiritually dead. To be spiritually dead is to be lost. And so many people are behaving like the lost. They're behaving like the lost because they're afraid. I know they're afraid. They're afraid because, man, right now, on the internet, on TV, if you say boo, people say, take them away. Get rid of them. Put them in jail. If they say Jesus is the only way, how dare he? He's full of hate. He's full of, no, no you're not. You're full of love and compassion. It's like telling someone, if you go to a doctor and the doctor says, I hate to tell you this, you have a disease and you're not going to make it unless you take this medication. 
If you take this medication, everything will change today. But that doctor was afraid it would hurt your feelings if he told you that. That doctor would be hateful for not telling you the truth. Folks, right now, you're walking around knowing the truth. You have a pill, so to speak. It's not because you have it, but you know the one that does. And if you didn't tell those people who are walking around dead, they're spiritually dead, just like you were. And if you're not telling them the truth, that is hate. Now granted, some people, they don't deliver the news correctly. They use no, no love in their heart. They, they have no discernment whatsoever. They walk around and go, you're dead. You're going to hell and you got to go to hell. And all these horrible things, they say it in such a horrible way. I can understand why the lost, who, by the way, are already spiritually blind. They're spiritually deaf. They're spiritually mute. They're spiritually lame and they're spiritually incomprehensive. They can't hear the truth. They don't know the truth. They don't understand the truth. And so because they're so spiritually disabled, what they need is someone who allows the Holy Spirit to use them with love and kindness. Not someone who's trying to get along and behave like those who are already spiritually disabled. So don't use those disabilities. Use the one, and by that I mean let the one use you, who doesn't behave with disability, but works through the disability. Let the Lord God, through the Holy Spirit, talk. Let him do the loving. Let him do it. If you say, yeah, but I know these things. No, you don't. You wouldn't know without Christ. You wouldn't know it through it unless you had the Holy Spirit. So let the Holy Spirit do the work. It did the work in you. Now let it do it through you to them. That's what needs to be done. Let it be done correctly. Because the spiritually dead are out there. And I'm going to read these last couple of verses. That's what it says in Romans 8, 6. It says in Romans 8, 6, to be carnally minded is death. But to be spiritually minded is life and peace. So many people are dead. And it's so sad. So horribly sad. We have a duty. And our duty is to tell the truth. I get so sad. I get so, so sad walking around and I don't walk very well so I just mean being around and seeing people out there and I wonder I often wonder to myself I wonder if they know the Lord that doesn't mean I'm walking and I'm making judgment calls sometimes you don't have to wonder especially when people walk around with shirts on that have unbiblical statements and then there's others on the internet or whatever because we get to see everybody around the world now that's a blessing and a curse. But the good thing is, that means God can use you, even if you can't get out of your home. God can use you to reach people around the world. Did you know that today you can go to France? You can. You can see London. You can see France. You can see all sorts of other things. But here's the thing. You can go and reach them and speak to them about what Jesus Christ did for them. You can do it with love and compassion. In other words, the Holy Spirit can reach those people this very, very day. Isn't that beautiful? Instead of looking at the negativity, let's look at the positivity of what God can do through you today. Hallelujah! Hallelujah! Isn't that beautiful? So let us now look at Ephesians 
chapter 2, verse 1 through 5. And now listen, with all your heart, listen to this. This is beautiful. As we think about those who are dead, the walking dead out there, think about this and remember you were there. You were there with them. And you were dead, you were, you were dead in your trespasses and sins, in which you formerly walked according to the age of this world, and according to the prince of the power of the air, talk about Satan now, the spirit who now works in the sons of disobedience, among them we all also once lived in the lust of our flesh, doing the desires of the flesh and of the mind, and we were by nature children of wrath, even as the rest. But God, being rich in mercy, being of his great love, with which he loved us, even when we were dead in sins, made us alive together with Christ. By grace you have been saved. You have been saved. Folks, never stop praying. Never give up. Never surrender, as some would say. Never stop. Keep praying. Know that it is not over. Though there are spiritually disabled people, even spiritually disabled Christians, even though you may feel spiritually disabled, it is not over. The day has just begun. We can go on preaching the word of God. And remember when you were lost and those people who are lost and dead right now, these words can help you. These words can help you. And here are the verses, the two verses that give me uh, power and that give me hope and promise every day. These are the verses of salvation right here. Romans 10, 9 through 10. Romans 10, 9 and 10 are the two verses of promise and salvation. Romans 10, 9 and 10, that if you confess with your mouth, Jesus is Lord, and believe in your heart that God has raised him from the dead, you will be saved for the heart, for the heart one believes unto righteousness, and with a mouth confession is made unto salvation. Remember those people that you see every day on the street, those people that you hear from, that you talk to on the phone or that you see out there, they may be lost, but they can be found. They may be spiritually disabled. They may have all these things, but just like you may feel spiritually disabled, you can be saved and you can, if you're not, and if you are saved, but you feel spiritually disabled, it doesn't mean that you have to continue to feel that way because the Holy Spirit can use you even now and change the way you feel because it can use you. Amen? Amen. And I will close these last couple of verses. John 20, verse 30 through 31 says, Jesus performed many other signs. Remember, he healed physically. But more than that, he healed us for eternity. It says, Jesus performed many other signs in the presence of his disciples, which are not written in this book, but these are written that you might believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God, and that believing you may have life in his name. And it says in John 21, 25, there are also many other things which Jesus did, were every one of them, were every one of them to be written, I suppose that not even the world itself could contain the books that would be written, amen. This is to say, there are so many healings, so many miracles, so many things that Christ did that John couldn't even write them down. That's how many things that we have no idea. So think about this, if that's the case, and it is. Think about all the things that even now Christ wants to say to you, we just need to listen. No longer should we be spiritually disabled. We need to no longer feel spiritually blind, no longer feel spiritually deaf, no longer do we need to be spiritually mute, 
are spiritually lame, spiritually uncomprehensive. We no longer need to be spiritually disabled because you are not spiritually disabled unless you allow yourself to be. You are not to be like a spiritually dead because children of God, you are not spiritually dead or spiritually disabled unless you allow it because the Holy Spirit can and will use you. But pastor, I don't feel like I have any blessings. I don't feel like I have the ability to do anything. You know why? Because you don't. Only God gives you those. On your own, you are disabled. But with Jesus, you're not. You're not. You're not spiritually disabled. I promise. You're spiritually blessed. And I will close with one last verse, and that is Acts 16.31. They said, Believe in the Lord Jesus Christ, and you and your household will be saved. Amen. Let's bow in prayer. Lord Jesus, thank you for this day. Thank you, Lord God, for another day and another blessing, another chance in which we could put you first always. Lord, I know there's a lot to always be said, but Lord, upon this day, I continue to feel that we need to hear. We need to hear and know that though we are spiritually uh, inept on our own, we know that with you, you can change the way we think and the way we feel, the way we do things. So I pray, Lord God, if there's anyone here today who feels spiritually disabled because the way they think of themselves and the way they feel of themselves, Lord God, I pray the Holy Spirit comes in right now and changes it. I pray that you will change it today. I pray that you will show them to no longer have this uh, sense of unimportance. I pray, Lord God, if there be anyone here today who wishes to do more for the church and more for you, that they'll come forward and admit to this. So that as things are about to change as the fall comes, we'll be prepared to use them, whether it be through Bible school or whether it be just on regular Sunday services. That they will see that they are capable of doing more than they may even realize. That, Lord God, you can use them. And, Lord, you can even use them just as a prayer warrior. And I pray, and I say just, but, Lord, that is a, a deep, important thing. I pray, Lord God, that you will show them how much you want to use them and I appreciate their love for you and your love for us. I pray all of this in your name. Amen.